Once again it's on 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 the podcast a kinesthetic the show the shooters roll I'm joined via Skype with my main man, the smoothness. What's happening, baby? What up? <laughs> What's up, man? How are you? There we go. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Hope everybody had a good Africa day. Uh, and uh, we're back to talking all things hoops. I'm really upset that I am uh, unable to show off my new African wardrobe that I acquired and that I built over <laughs> the first two months of this year. I'm really, it really upsets me that they are gathering dust in my cupboard. It's, it's, it's really upsetting. Let's, but anyway, but it's all let's pull, let's pull one out for people like you who had been planning their wardrobe since February, 2020. <laughs> I was so ready, man. You have I was so so ready. And there I was wearing well, I trust, I trust, an I trust. Under Armour tracksuit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um listen, I mean the other thing is what a strange week because also the last dance came to an end last week. So that Monday routine. Uh, that Monday routine was sort of like, oh, yeah, okay, right. So, but it's been interesting in the last week to get the responses and, 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 uh, and what we learned from the last dance. So we want to do a quick shooter's role combination of what we learned and also the responses, which are, which are even up to the point where we're recording this podcast still coming in hot. So let's start no with the hottest at number one. And I know you have lots of thoughts around this. Isaiah Lord Thomas. <laughs> Isaiah, um, yeah. <laughs> talk to me. Isaiah Lord Thomas. Talk to us. Talk to us, KP. Isaiah came out swinging. <laughs> yeah, man. He came out swinging and rightfully so, man. I'm, I'm honestly starting to feel a bit more sympathetic towards Isaiah since the documentary. Um, I mean, th- being a member of the dream team is a huge, uh, uh, notch or a huge line to put on your, on your portfolio. And for him to have not been called up, even though he was very deserving, uh, more deserving than I can, I can name at least three guys, at least three guys that, I mean, really, you know, if I'm Isaiah, I'm looking at John Stockton, like, yo, man, come on. I'm looking at Christian Leitner, like, yo, man. Come on. I'm looking at Chris Mullen like, yo, man. Yo, just, you know, just get off my seat, man. Get off my seat, you know? Um, so yeah, so for me that, uh, and, and you know, in all honesty, to a certain extent, we could even throw, and this is controversial, but we can throw Scottie Pippen in there. Yes, Pippen was there mainly for his defense, but everyone knew that they're going to walk over the competition. So it's not like they needed a defensive stopper. So, if we're talking about now resumes, you know, by that time Isaiah Thomas was 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 far more superior than than uh, than Scottie Pippen. So you know, I'm, I'm I'm feeling a bit sad for 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 Isaiah, and um, 
you know, now he's gone on this whole road road show with all the different uh, <laughs> networks and he's doing interviews all over the show to plead his case, you know, which I'm not so, you know, I'm not too happy about. But hey, man, the guy, you know, that's a that's a dude that's gone and, you know, he wants to get a few things off his chest. I think he's just kind of trying to tidy up his image as well. Um, but yeah, it, I, I don't know. I think he might be doing slightly too much regarding that. But in terms of... Does he, you know, is, is, is he right in feeling slighted? I definitely believe so. And, um, the documentary for me has, has, has actually swayed me even more towards that. I mean, for example, like you saw, I mean, he was right when he was talking about, about the Celtics walking off and not shaking hands either. And that was what the year before. Um, I looked at the video and that's what that, that's what happened. He went and grabbed Kevin McHale and that's when him and McHale had a few chats and they were friends, but everyone else just walked off the floor in the middle of the game and, uh, no one really made a huge deal out of it. But, uh, you know, with this situation, it became such a, such a big deal. Yes. You know, you want people to be sportsmen, but hey man, you know, we, we're in the trenches, you know, we're in the trenches and, uh, you know, we just got swept, you know, by this team that we've been dominating for years. So, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of get it. I kind of get it. I just, I just think he should have been brought, he should have been left on the team. And now, you know, breaking news, you heard it here first on the shooters roll. A tape has come out with MJ confirming that he said that if Isaiah's on the team, I'm off. Whereas on the, on, on the last dance, he said he had nothing to do with it. What do you have to say, Akeem? Technically, he didn't say that. Let's just, let's just, let's just be clear here. <laughs> Talk to me. Talk to me. Talk to here's me. My, here's what I'll say. The dream team thing. Look, let's, let's agree. Isaiah Thomas should have been on the team. I agree with you. Okay. So I agree with you. Unfortunately, okay. it wasn't just Jordan that didn't want him on the team. Magic didn't want him on the team. Larry didn't want him on the team. Chuck, you know, do you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's mm. one of those situations, which, which is the one of like, when you don't have enough and I'll, and I'll bring this up maybe a little later when you don't have enough people in your corner to defend you. Mm. So nobody's in the room fighting for you. And then they use things, you know, um, I don't agree. I, I, so I agree with you. He should have been on the team. But I don't think it's just Jordan. I think a whole bunch of them, Charles didn't want to play with him. And that, you know, team chemistry is important. I disagree no with you. I think he should have shook the, the players' hands because Joe mm-hmm. Dumas shook their hands and John Sally shook their hands. So I, I, yeah. I, I actually don't, I think that is a bad look. I don't think somebody should be punished forever. If you, if you were to take everybody's, you know, it's the same thing with Pippen, which we'll talk about later. If you take everybody's bad side, you know, so I don't, ju- I don't, I think it was an unwise move. And I know too much about Isaiah and I respect Isaiah too much <laughs> to, yeah. to, 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 to say that that's the thing. You know, Isaiah, um, has done a lot in the community. I, you know, I mean, he, you know, yeah. he, as a player, all the things, but I yeah. think in that moment, because of, of those things, unfortunately, he became the scapegoat. And I think it was a case of there are not enough people in the in the room fighting for you and also when it comes down to it michael they needed they're gonna go with the guy that's gonna give them the most so you know 
I, I, I think what's interesting for me is this idea of, of how we all, everybody wants to make sure their legacy is secure. So Isaiah is going around making yeah. sure that people understand. And I think he was articulate enough in the documentary when he says like, I met all the criteria. So I, you know, I think he met the criteria, but I think he's not making the team. He didn't have enough people. He, he, he hadn't gone enough enough. In his corner. He, he hadn't gone enough enough network support in his corner. So it was easy to leave him off. Uh, and, and, and as you say, so tragically. I guess so. I mean, I, in, in closing around this matter, I'll just say, look, it's, it, I just find it very, very strange that we, we, we've, we've, kind of put Jordan on this pedestal for, you know, pretty much how much of an asshole he was and him being so competitive and so on and so forth. Um, yet, you know, uh, the truth of the matter is that's pretty much what Isaiah and these guys were doing just in a different way. That is what they displayed in how they, they kind of ended things, um, with that season and the walking off. But with them, you know, we see it in a, in a, in a totally, you know, in a totally different light. So, but anyway, but I, but I'll, I'll I'll leave that. I'll leave it at that. Look, if you want to add on, that's 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 all good. But can, for me can, personally, we, that's where I would leave it. Yeah, yeah. We can we can always come back to this one. It's a it's a developing story. Um, yeah. The other the other one that I thought was also interesting um, was what you wrote. What you what you raised was Barkley and MJ not vibing. Yeah. And and I saw. And, and, and you saw, uh, um, I saw an interview, Charles Barkley, Ahmad Rashad and Ernie and talking about, Hey, let's, 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 let's bring peace. And it makes you also think of like Jalen Rose and Chris Weber. And also in light of things like the untimely passing of Kobe on, on even this time we find ourselves in this terrible pandemic, it feels, and I don't know if this is where you are going with it, but for me, the fact that MJ and Barkley are still not talking, it, it, it feels in a way sad. It's very sad. Um, I mean, they they were, they were close for so long. You know, they, they share such a, a storied history, you know, playing against each other in the finals, but, you know, being teammates at the dream team. And they were very, and I, I think that's kind of where their friendship really solidified was when they went to Barcelona. Um, so it's really sad. Um, you know, but, I looked into that again, man. And, you know, MJ, let me let, you know what? I want to, let me, I need to put a disclaimer out. All right. This week, I'm going to be talking a lot of trash about MJ, but let's be clear. MJ is the goat. Uh, he is still, you know, the a black Jesus. But I just thought that for today's episode, I decided to look and see at other things, look at things from the other side. So it doesn't seem like we're being biased. Cause I think we're two MJ supporters. So I'm taking the role now of being on the other side to now kind of call MJ out. Yeah. So, 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 Bar- so, uh-huh. so, so while, so that our listeners know, while you're doing that, I'm renewing my, my vows <laughs> I, with MJ. I, 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 and that's, and that's exactly what I thought of before we recorded. I, that's exactly why I've taken the stance. Okay. I, I am at the, altar. the music is playing. We're waiting for him to walk down the aisle. It's a beautiful sight. I, I, you know, wish you were here. <laughs> <laughs> go on, go on. Yeah, but this, go is the, on. this is the this is the point where the priest says, "What what is the line?" Oh, there's uh, anybody there anyone, that objects? Anybody that objects? My hand is just gone. The out. smoothness. We've got yes. The gentleman. The, the gentleman in the back. In, in the, 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 no, in, I'm not in the back. It's the best man. The best man. <laughs>
In the, under, in the Under Armour that we that we in the Under Armour, yeah. But but go on, go on, go yeah. on, yeah, go on. We, we we should have known when everyone else was in a suit and he arrived in the Under Armour gear. We should have known there was gonna be a problem. But anyway, you were saying so about Barkley. Here's India. the thing. So Barkley, I went to go check out exactly why MJ has this beef with Barkley, just so I was clear about the situation. Do you know why they're not speaking? Yeah, I know why they're not speaking. I know, like, listen, man. <laughs> when you when you're so, in the MJ, I, just, I know why they're not speaking. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let me for 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 our listeners, the reason why they are not speaking is because Barkley in an interview said some in inverted commas unsavory things about Michael's um, management style. This is um, when he was with the Bobcats at the time, if I'm not mistaken. When he was still with the Bobcats, there were a when few... When he was still called the Bobcats, you mean? They've changed the still, name, right? Well, they've changed the name now, when he was still called the Charlotte Bobcats. Yeah. So, yeah, Barkley was being interviewed. And now the thing is, Akeen, we all, we all know how Barkley is. Barkley, you know, he does he holds no punches. He speaks his mind. And when he was asked a question about what they think, what he thinks about... Uh, the Bobcats and MJ and so on and so forth. He was honest and said, look, I don't think that MJ has done a great job. And he stated his reasons why. And MJ then heard that and decided I'm ghosting Barkley <laughs> for the rest of his life. <laughs> Literally. This is your homie of 20 something years. You hear him say that you ghost him. And the truth of the matter is MJ was and slightly is a suspect. Uh, uh, I won't say he's a suspect owner, but you know, he's made some, 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 yeah, you know, some controversial decisions uh, while being at the hell. One of which, the one for me, when I heard this, then I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm rolling with team Barkley right now because Barkley advised them to, to draft Brandon Roy. Right. They ended up going for Adam Morrison. <laughs> okay. Now for yeah. our listeners. <laughs> That was yeah, a really, yeah. really bad move. Brandon Roy ended up being, he looked like he was on his way to a Hall of Fame career. I think in year five, year six, he had a debilitating injury and he had yeah. to retire early. But he, he was, was an all-NBA, great player, all-NBA, turned Portland around. You know, he was the guy, we've franchise never from, player. We've never heard from Adam Morrison since. We've never heard from Adam Morrison. All we know is he has a weird hairstyle. He looks like he has a mop on his head. Great college player. A terrible, you know, NBA player. Um, so yeah, so that, that was the main reason why these guys are not speaking. So based on that, I think that that's very petty. And I feel like, Look, yes, I you can be competitive, but this is now not about competition. This is about your friend who not only is your friend, but is also an analyst and he's being asked a question. He has to be honest. You know, he really has to be honest. And I don't feel like he shamed Michael at all. Yeah. Look, I think I think talk I, to me. you don't even Thank there's you. no talk to me. No, no, no. I don't no, I, I I agree with you. Look, I think I think again, it's one of those things and this is what I this is it, it's not it's not it's not ideal, but it is one of those things where you navigate friendship, especially these kinds of friendships when you might be in a position where you criticize somebody that you like. I think that there's a look. I think it's I think it's sad that they're not talking. It feels like Charles Barkley didn't lie. The team wasn't great. Do you know what I mean? Like there's there's truth to what he was saying. And if Jordan felt hurt because his friend, best friend, was saying it, you rather your best friend say it. And maybe whatever you know, I don't know what the dynamics are. But my point is, it does feel like Barkley wasn't lying. 
The team was bad, continues to struggle. There should be a way in which you can get past that. But then on the flip side of all of that, I also feel like there's a way in which some friends, some, there's a way in which friendship is like, yo, I know I expect you to tell me the truth, but I don't expect you to tell me the truth like that. And and I think that's where the that's where the gray area is for me. It's not so much it's that. And that's the part, that's the human relation that we will never know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. No, I, I got um, you. I got you. So yeah, so that's but but, but, but I, that's, I don't that's, condone that's my it. take I, on I the Barkley issue. Yeah, I think I think it's like it's time to score. Ahmad Rashad, come on. Get two cigars there. Get these get these guys together. I mean, you know, there's stuff going on. Yeah. Interestingly, at number three, you had Malone and Stockton. I, I just want to say something quickly about Stockton. Stockton had initially refused to be in the dock. They they interviewed him during COVID. So his interview was the last interview, March 10th. Um, and he finally agreed when he understood it wasn't like a puff piece. Carl Malone said no. Brian Russell said no. Um, in fact, Brian Russell didn't even return their call, apparently. <laughs> um, Malone also came out with some stuff. What's your take on the Malone Stockton? Um, look, the, the thing I've, I, I can, you can tell that these two guys have sat together and had a conversation and said, listen, we don't care what happens. Screw MJ. You know what I mean? We gave it our all, but screw MJ. We're not going to be out here trying to kind of add to, to, to the glory that is, that is Michael Jordan. Cause you could, I don't know if you could tell, even from Stockton's interview, you know, everyone kind of spoke differently. So with, with Stockton, he was more trying to let us know that, yeah, man, look, listen, this was, uh, MJ was a great player and everything, but you know, we, I didn't, we didn't fear Michael Jordan, you know, and we respected the Bulls as a team as opposed to Michael Jordan as a single entity. Because I think that's always a narrative that has been built around Jordan and those six championship teams. And I guess we'll touch on that, you know, a little bit later. But, and I, th and I think that also is, has been, has been, you know, blown up to a way or to the point where it's kind of overshadowed who the Bulls were as a unit, you know, and how important they, uh, the unit was in making everything work. But of course, MJ, you know, was the maestro within that unit. So Stockton, what I got out of his interview was, you know, was just that on some, listen, you know, we, I didn't come to the game, you know, face thinking, Oh my goodness, I'm facing Michael Jordan, the great. We were trying to win a championship and we were facing the Bulls and we believed that we could beat the Bulls. When I saw some stuff on Carl Malone, it was, I don't know if you saw the same stuff, but it was very, very, it was a very similar, similar type of energy, you know, where they asked him, I mean, the guy literally was like, so what is your take on, on, on Michael Jordan? And I mean, you know, him stealing the ball. And he's like, what, what about, what about Michael Jordan? What about the fact that he stole the ball? Like literally, he's like, so what about it? You know, and he's looking yeah. at him like, say something wrong so I can yeah. punch no, you I with my middle man that. biceps, you know? And yeah, yeah you know, so yeah, yeah, you yeah. just get the sense that, you know, they were both just very, they, they're not about this whole Jordan, Jordan the goat vibe. You know what I mean? They, 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 they're about, they, they're still obviously yeah. salty about losing naturally. I mean, you want to be able to win a championship, but I think more than anything, they don't want this narrative pushed that they were beaten by MJ. They, they, they feel like they were beaten by the Bulls. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, um, I think Stockton in the documentary, was 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 not deferential yeah. at all, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Carl Malone in that clip, 
<laughs> he was, was though. He was. <laughs> Carmelo has, you know, Carmelo has turned has turned into something. I don't know if he was like that while he was playing, but he just seems very odd. I don't know if it's just me. Carmelo just seems like an odd human being at this stage in his life. You know. Listen, man. Carmelo, we could do a whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, on yeah. No, he has he has a lot of issues. <laughs> but but uh but um. I want to move on to something that we had spoken about, which I know you it was the brilliance of Phil Jackson, which you, which you, which you took away. Just talk about that brilliance for you. What was it? Um, I think it was more uh, watching the documentary made me realize just how much the, how much of a Zen master he was. Um, and also from a, from a strategic standpoint, he was also a great coach because this narrative of him only, uh, being able to, 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 to coach, you know, great players, you know, um, um, Kobe, Shaq, obviously Michael Jordan, you know, the whole thing has been that no, he's always inherited really good players. And that's why, you know, he's won about 11 championships as a coach and, and, and two as a player. But. You know, you could tell I, I, what I saw from the documentary was actually that no, this guy was more of a of, of an astute coach. He was more in his X's and O's, but he also then combined it with that Zen thing that he does and was able to really manage people's personalities. And that's really what made the Bulls such a great team is the fact that he was also able to over and above his you know astute coaching abilities. He was also a uh, almost like a shrink, you know, within the team that was able to then galvanize all of these all of this craziness, you know, because the Bulls were literally like the Beatles, you know what I mean? It wasn't like a regular team. We, uh, Rodman is going, to, you know, in the middle of the finals, it's going <laughs> to WWE matches. I mean, how do you, and you know, this is your starting power forward, he's part of your big three. I mean, what, you know, how do you, how do you manage that? I don't know if Greg Popovich would, would have managed something of that nature. I think he would have probably killed, you know, Dennis Rodman. So I give him a lot of props for that. But, you know, over and above that, I think one of the things when watching the documentary, which I think I also take issues with, is um, uh, Johnny Bach and Tex Winter and how brilliant those guys were. Because watching the doc kind of made me go back and look at certain things. And I know you're very, you know, well-versed and astute at, at everything around the Bulls. So you know what I'm talking about with Johnny, with Johnny Bach and Tex Winter and how integral a part that they were in everything that they did. So the reason why, you know, this kind of relates to Phil is that Phil was brought up by these guys. You know, and when I went now, I checked each of these guys' resumes. I was just absolute, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got a lot of respect, you know, a lot of respect. And it also just showed how much of an integral part they were, you know, and I really think that that's one thing that the documentary is slightly lacking is that, you know, there are a lot of people that might not have got their, their, their just due, you know, and I think 10 hours was more than enough time to, to go a little bit deeper, you know, into those, into those stories. You know, I don't know what your take is on that. Well, I think, I think you're right. Definitely text winter, the triple post offense is his offense. The Doberman you know, defense, man. The Doberman defense. The Doberman <laughs> defense. The it's the whole thing. <laughs> The, the whole thing, right? The whole thing. So I would have liked to have seen a little bit more on the, on Tex yeah. Winter because of all the reasons you're saying. And I know Kerry Kittles was on it on, uh, I think it was Kerry Kittles who was on an interview saying he wanted to see more of the X and O's yeah. because 
the thing about that triangle offense is so beautiful. It was Kerry Kittles. It just was as Kerry a concept. Kittles. And you know I've said on this podcast before. Yeah. It was Kerry Kittles. It was yeah. Kerry Kittles, right. So and you know I've said on this podcast before, that idea of the triangle offense and how I taking some of those principles into even my own directing and this idea of the team. Yeah. So I would have liked, I agree with you, I would have liked to have seen more, more about Tex Winter and that, and just the basketball X and O's. And also the thing with the triangle is that not everybody could understand it. Mm. True. You know? True. Phil tried that triangle in New York and it didn't get far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so man. It, it says something. About, I think, I think Phil Jackson in New York is equates to Michael Jordan at, uh, at the Wizards. Actually, no, no, no. Michael Jordan actually had a better stint when he went to the Wizards. Phil Jackson should not have gone <laughs> to New York. But anyway, sorry, I, I cut you no. off. No, no, not at all. No, but, but, but definitely agreed with you there. Um, you have the effects of the last dance and what it has meant that this thing has shown. I'll tell you the one thing it has meant. We restarted our podcast. Yeah. That's what it no has doubt. meant. <laughs> no doubt. Shout out to the last dance. <laughs> Shout out to the last yeah, dance. But, 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 but what were you thinking of? What have you seen from people in your circle in relation to the last dance? We know it's been a worldwide hit. Yeah. What are you seeing on the ground? Um, look, I mean, I went to go buy a, a tall extra hot latte with almond milk at 5 p.m. today. And when I got there and I was looking through the papers, the last dance took up a huge, I took up a whole page on the Mail and Guardian. Mm. On the Mail and Guardian. You know, so that that already that's that tells you exactly. I mean, it wraps everything that up. When I saw it, yeah. you know, when I saw it, I was like, "Damn, it's too bad we don't do a YouTube thing." Because I wanted to take a picture and then send it to you. Because literally, that's all I would have said right now. When you asked me the question, when you sw- swung it over to me, I would have just boom put up the graphic of the Mail and Guardian <laughs> huge ass page talking about uh, you know breaking down the last dance. So I, I feel like wow. it's almost wow. welcome, like, welcome Mail and Guardian. Welcome, Mail and Guardian. You know, shout out. Um, I feel like what it's done, it's almost been like a, it's a, it's a dream team part two. So the effect that the dream team had when they played in the Barcelona Olympics and what it did for the NBA and basketball at large, I think the last dance has done the same thing. I think it has. And now, and once again, Jordan is at the center of it. By the way, that's a, that's another important thing to add. It's just, it speaks to the brilliance, the power and the goat that is Michael Jordan. You know, the whole world on every, every Monday, every Sunday night in the States, every Monday here, the world stopped and everyone was watching the last dance or people were not watching it so that they could binge watch it at a later stage, you know, but, you know, sitting there with, with, with itchy, itchy fingers waiting for their chance to, to, to catch up on everything. So. I think it's just been great for the game at large. It's been great for the culture. Um, and I think it's a great thing for current basketball players that, you know, are, are, are kind of starting to lose their way regarding basketball. And by that, I mean the respect that we, we have for the game. I think a lot of that has become a bit murky over the years because more and more money has become involved. I think now it's, 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 it's exploded and now I'm sounding like a real OG, but it's exploded to the point where I think the passion and the love for the game has faded a bit. It's become diluted in the resources that have now, you know, come, come out of it, you know? Um, and I think that this showing MJ and his raw passion, mm. um, 
is is going to resonate well with these young guys as they come up and try to become better basketball players. So I think uh, the last dance is going to have a very very far um reaching um um uh, appeal um and outcome than you know kind of what we're seeing right now. No, absolutely. Um I'm going to let you cook on this one cuz this is the segment I call in which KP defends Jerry Krause <laughs> at number six. <laughs> okay, guys, let, let's let's be clear here. Jerry Krause is a Hall of Famer, right? He two-time um, uh, GM of the year. He is the architect of everything that we are loving and everything that we are watching. All of that was put together by Jerry Krause. And, you know, as I was watching the documentary, I feel like there wasn't enough done to just, yeah, you know, he's, he's responsible for, well, even that, well, I'll get into that. You know, he's been, he's been depicted as being responsible for the demise of the Bulls, but not given enough credit for being the architect, the orchestrator that created the Bulls, that made them the successful, you know, team and franchise, you know, that they were. What Jerry Krause lacked or where, you know, the shots need to be fired at him would be around, I think it's more psychological issues, you know, and, you know, the short guy, overweight, you know, wants to be loved by everyone, you know, but also, you know, you, you've, you've heard the stories about how he was very, like a very secretive guy, you know, he was very calculating and I think it came across as conniving to other people. You know, he, he built this persona around him that was, was unsavory to a lot of people around him. And that unfortunately clouded a lot of the good that he did, which in my opinion, after looking at the documentary, the good far outweighed the bad. You know, at the end of the day, one of the things that we need to also, uh, seriously, you know, um, um, consider with this is that now you have this short guy. He's overweight. He's, he, you know, he's, he's got, he's clearly got, uh, um, what's the word? Um, uh, I, I, you know what? I want to say some conversion. He has short man syndrome. <laughs> okay. He has short man syndrome, you yeah. know, and now you have the jocks of the team that he just wants to kind of be around and he wants to be part of the, the, the team, you know, and the jocks of the team show this guy absolutely no respect. No respect. And I mean, some of you, you know, our listeners have been in school, you know, you've been in university, you've, you've seen what that, you know, what that dynamic is like. So you don't even have to be a basketball player to understand what I'm talking about. You have the, the kids that, you know, were kind of nerdy or whatever, and they just wanted to hang around with the cool kids. And sometimes they did, but there was, there was always that guy that got picked on. And I feel like Jerry Krause was that guy that got picked on. So now you take into consideration that that guy that got picked on, you know, in his mind knows that he's the architect that has built this thing together. You know, he's going to want to try and utilize whatever power he has to be one step over the jocks. And unfortunately, that was his downfall because at the end of the day, the jocks are the ones that get on the court and put the ball in the basket. They're the ones that are going to be at the forefront. They're the ones who are loved by the crowds. They're the ones who have the fans. You know, he doesn't have the fans, unfortunately. And, you know, you need to be, you know, a shout out to someone like a Masai Ujiri. You know what I mean? No, not that. I mean, only, he's only becoming known now, but Masai has been doing his thing for, as you know, for years and years and years. He was GM when he was GM of the year, yeah, yeah, but he was still yeah. at the Denver Nuggets, you know? Um, you know, shout out yeah, to, to, yeah. to, to Masai and, and, uh, repping the continent the way it needs to be repped. 
So, you know, he, 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 yeah. he unfortunately didn't have that kind of personality. You know, he wanted to be at the forefront because he wanted to be cool with the guys. He wanted to be cool with the jocks, you know, and it just didn't happen. And, and that in essence is why all of this now, and that's why the last dance has painted him in that light. And if you, if you're taking what I'm saying into consideration, then I don't think that suffices how he has been portrayed in the documentary. What's your take, Akeem? Look, what the, my take? <laughs> I'm my on take you today, the, baby. The, the director, I'm on you today. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 but I'm. You see, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. We're standing in the aisles. We're waiting for MJ to come down. We're good. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, in, what the director said was one of the things that he regretted. Obviously, is that Kraus passed away. I think it was like two months before they started filming. Yeah. So he would have loved for Jerry Krause to also have the opportunity to look back sure. the way in which everybody is looking back on the thing. Sure. I mean, with, with Krause, I think it's, I think it's like what I said when we started. Krause is a house, is a hall of famer, as you said. He put the team together. Um, and, but it wasn't enough and he got in his own yeah. way. And, and if you, if you were, that's, that's why what he did could never happen today. Because if you're if you're talking about a winning culture, you're not gonna you're not going to say the coach can go 82 and 0 and you're not coming back. You just so so at that point your hubris the hubris factor has kicked in because you are now you've forgotten the steps that built this team that you built. You've forgotten the steps. You know what I mean? Mm. And when you forget the steps you get to the hubris where, where your ego has now taken over that I can destroy this thing and I can build it up. And history shows that he couldn't build it back up. So that's, that's where I have, that's where I'm slightly, again, he's a tragic character for me because he's his worst enemy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in drama, those are the best characters because you're your worst enemy. That, mm-hmm. that is not enough. It's not enough that you built it. Everybody must also build a statue to you. But the truth of the matter is, Everyone in the team, no one can build a statue for everybody. You know what I mean? Mm. Unfortunately. True that, sir. And, and great use of, of, of different words that are in the English dictionary, by the way, Akin. I mean, that's, you know, you're making us look real good right now. I just want to throw that out there. I just want to say you are a very astute human Oh, thank being. you very much. Shout outs to you. <laughs> all, all I'm saying is... I'm just glad, you're, I'm glad segue, you're on my team. A good segue to... <laughs> <laughs> it's a good segue to... Statues not being built for Horace Grant. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Now let's let's move At number on to seven. So here's I'll say quickly about yeah. Horace. Very quickly. Horace is on record. Never mind what he came out saying last week. From time, Horace has been on record. He never liked the fact that jo- there was a double standard for Jordan. It never sat well with him. So I'm not surprised he came out last week with what he said. My thing is, Horace, you are in the documentary. You had ample chance to talk and not talk. You haven't said whether they cut some things out. So when I hear Horace talking, I just go, yeah, but we know Horace has had the beef. And plus, Horace was in the documentary. So you actually were interviewed. So you could have said one or two things. That's what I'll say about Horace. What, what's your um, Okay, so first of all, for the listeners, so Horace Grant, you know, power forward for the Bulls during their first championship run. Um, he came out uh, post the documentary, post episode 10, and has said that Michael Jordan, I'm paraphrasing here, but pretty much that MJ is a snitch. 
um, that he's a damn liar, uh, that uh, he, 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 he's reached out to MJ, he's sending out an appeal to MJ for them to either you know, talk about their differences as men or handle it in, in another way, in inverted commas, if they need to. So basically, he's come out and, and, and not necessary, not necessary, really not necessary. Yeah, really not. Yeah, I mean, really not necessary. I mean, he, but basically, I think what he's done is he, he's come out now to kind of, um, I almost feel like he's come out to be the, the mouthpiece for all the other players. Right. Because now what has also come out is, you know, there are a lot of people that are, that are unhappy, but Horace is the mouthpiece for all of them. So. Here's, here's my thing around, around Horace. Um, yes, we know that he's definitely, you know, the one that, uh, that, that snitched, right? I, I, I believe so. I believe so <laughs> that he definitely did give the journalist all of the information that he needed when he wrote the book, right? The Jordan Rules. Um, what's the, what is his name? Is it, uh, Smith, right? Sam Smith. Sam Smith. Yes. Sam Smith. And, um, yeah. Horace is now, he's, he's, he's very, he's very salty. And I think he's using this as a, as a, as a, as a way to, as you were saying, to kind of, you know, to, to, to address all of these issues that he's had over the years with Michael. But in keeping with the theme of today's podcast, I am going to be in Horace's corner at this point in time. And I'm going to throw some things at you, Akeem, and, uh, and, and, and your, uh, groom to be. So, Horace is right when he says that MJ has made this documentary about him, right? And in so doing, he has left out very, very important detail and information and other things that he feels could have made the, could have made it more like a documentary. Cause he's now calling it, he being Horace Grant is calling it a so-called documentary. So every time anyone asks him about it, he says this so-called documentary, because he's saying, no, this, this ended up just being about, about Michael and not about the Bulls. Um, and when I, you know, and you can, and this is going to be a difficult argument for you to kind of win, Akeen, because we know that guys like Luke Longley, Tony Kukoc, Ron Harper, you know, Bill Cartwright, Scotty Pippen, these guys were very integral parts of, um, of the Bulls in their championship run. When I looked at the people that actually spoke in the documentary, Scott Burrell, Steve Kerr, okay, there's definitely an argument to be made there. Judd Bushler, Bill Winnington, Will Perdue. <laughs> Come on. Again, me and you both know that those Bill are Cartwright. not the guys. Bill Cartwright. Bill Cartwright. Uh, Bill Cartwright. Bill Cartwright. Bill Cartwright. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Well, oh, yes. Okay. They did. Well, this is the thing is that. So what's coming out now? No, no, no. I mean, what's coming out now is not that. So these guys spoke, but what they're saying is was put into the doc and what, and what they thought the documentary was going to be is not when they went and they agreed to sit down and, and, and have, and be interviewed. What they're saying is this is not what we signed up for. That's pretty much what Horace is saying on behalf of all of these other teammates, including Bill Cartwright, because Bill, but the thing is Bill Cartwright is more of a, of a, he's older than all of them. So when Bill Cartwright came out and spoke, I watched uh, uh, an interview with him, Ron Harper. Um, who else was there? Him, Ron Harper, and Horace Grant, and Horace Grant, and Craig Hodges. And Bill Cartwright outright said, look, it was a very entertaining 
um, documentary. It was very, very entertaining. Um, but it didn't necessarily tell our story as a team. It spoke more to what Michael Jordan did. And um, Ron Harper then came out and pretty much said the same thing. And you know, Ron Harper is, you know, in Jordan's corner. But Ron Harper came out and said, listen, I enjoyed it a lot. But, you know, in all honesty, it was more like come fly with me too. <laughs> you know, that's what, that's how he described it. He said it was more like, a, it was more like come fly with me too. And for all this, come fly with me was Michael Jordan's uh, um, documentary that was done. Is it called a documentary, Aki? Come fly with me. Yeah, yeah it's a documentary. Come fly with me. That's the that's what brought okay, me. Okay, that's the, the documentary that brought us all on the court. So that's look, the, that's pretty much what he that yeah that's what he was court. saying. So he's so a lot of them look. are saying, look, we signed up for this thing, but now post now now with everything now seeing the 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 the, the actual um, products put together, we're not liking what we're seeing. And I and I get it. I get it. I really do get it. Yeah. Look. As a look, I'll say this. It's it's always going to be a problem with a documentary. And I say this as somebody who has made a document who has made documentaries, and sometimes after the documentary, the people who were in it come back and say, I wish I'd never <laughs> met you in my life. So 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 my 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 empathy, my empathy is both sides because I understand what the director is trying to do. And I understand why these guys would be upset in some respect. And that's kind of it because nobody's tuning in. Six million no, people are not tuning in to watch <laughs> Horace Grant. And I love Horace Grant. Yeah. Sorry, Horace. <laughs> okay. Well, Sorry. And also, so, 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 so that, so hear me out. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying like, I get it. And as somebody who himself has been interviewed before, there's also a thing of, and I was thinking about it. I remember a long time ago, somebody who I thought was on a project I did, they asked them about this particular project and the words that they said were not in tune with how that person had relayed to me, how they felt about the project. Yeah. You understand? So, so I get it. I get it. And we're all human and 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 that's the thing. But here's where Cartwright and all of them, from my side, as a total waiting in the aisle for Jordan <laughs> to walk down the thing, we fully understand your role. <laughs> and I sound like this person. We understand your role. <laughs> and we are thankful. And you know, and, and, and I think that comes that that that's a good way to talk even about Scotty Pippen, who apparently is is, is mm. upset. And I, I'm like, Jordan said, there's nobody but Scotty. Yeah. There's no me without yeah. him. In telling the story, look, we, we said on our podcast last week, we really would have loved to have seen the, the trash talking Scotty did with yeah. Carl Malone. I think that, that would have been, that would have yeah. been a good thing and, and a bit yeah. more props on the fact that he played injured. Because actually, the truth of that, let me speak, let me speak to you about, uh, let me speak to you about the Scotty Griffin part about as a, as a, as a story, the fact that he played the, the fact that he played with his, with, with no back, basically back broken is a redemption story of somebody who once didn't come into a game because of a migraine. Mm. So, so there's a hero's arc. There's a hero's no journey for Scotty in that game. No now the documentary might not have, they might not have put the volume up on that a lot, but 
me, myself, and I, when I'm watching it, I've watched that game. I know what Scotty's contribution is. And I, 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 I don't think he should be as upset as, as is being reported. And also, you, you, I came to his defense, and I've been thinking about that, when he said he would do that thing all over again, and you were like, come on, man. And I guess it's that thing of like, what has Jerry Krause missed? Jerry Krause has missed the opportunity to look back on himself 20 sure. years. Scotty has had the opportunity and he still comes out and says, I'll do the yeah. same thing. Even one of my favorite directors, Spike Lee, was on first take going, that surprised him very much like it surprised you. So I understand that they're not happy. I, you know, like I say, as, as a filmmaker and a basketball player, I, I, it's not a, I couldn't give you a definite answer other than, we what we can watch Michael Jordan. Really. Look, okay, look, look. I I I I'm, I'm <laughs> like like you see. This is why I needed to take the stance I took at the beginning of the pod. All right, this is why. So here's the thing, Akin. I I agree with you. First of all, yes, we came to see Jordan, but in telling the story of the Bulls. It's always going to come out that, and you know, Jordan will always come out the way he's, he's naturally going to because of his brilliance. This documentary gave the, the, the filmmakers the opportunity to also highlight that Jordan was not a one man show. And I think that's where these guys feel slighted. And if I'm Scotty Pippen, look, I've been hearing the stories as well about him being upset and yeah. He, he, he does have a leg to stand on in regards to the fact that Scotty had a lot of shining moments that they could have put in there. I just feel like they didn't do enough. Yes, he came out and said he was uh, the Robin to my Batman, but show us. Because remember, Keen, there's a totally new audience now. So you and I know that Scotty Pippen, um, you know, played, it was literally, he, he was pretty much struggling to walk that entire game. You and I both know that Scotty Pippen. Yeah, but we, but, but you know, you and I both know that Scotty Pippen was one of the best defensive players of all time. You and I both know that Scotty Pippen was probably the second best player in the league in 1994. You and I both know that in that Portland series where they highlighted him torching, uh, uh, Clyde Drexler, when they had that deciding game in Portland, when the Bulls were down by 15, you'll remember this. It was Scotty Pippen who led the charge in the fourth quarter of game six that brought the Bulls all the way back. Jordan was on the bench while they came back and that was led by yeah, Scotty yeah. Pippen. And then Michael came back and finished them off. But if it wasn't for Scotty Pippen doing see, his thing, that would have gone to a game seven and who knows what would have happened if it had gone to a game seven. You see, yeah, but you see what you, Horace, Harper, who else did you say was Cartwright in the in the, in the, in the, in the thing? <laughs> Cartwright. What you guys are what you guys are, are not are not are not fully grasping here is the possibility of the DVD extras, <laughs> the lost tapes, <laughs> the last dance, the lost tapes, the director's cut, what was left out on the floor. Oh, Everybody man. take a chill pill. <laughs> the stuff is out there. I mean, oh. come on. Okay, but but but. but and also, also a lot. Also, you're gonna pick the a storyteller. You're gonna go with the one where the juice is. 
what do we want to hear? We want to hear about Rodman. <laughs> and this is my segue into what's more interesting. You want to hear about Rodman bouncing. Not once in this conversation. We've had to, we've had to, we've had to almost apologize when we go deep into basketball. But we don't have to explain too much when we get to the Rodman part. And I feel at number two, my takeaway is, did anybody give proper attention to Rodman's <laughs> pants that were the same pants all the time? All the time. Literally all the time. I don't know what I don't know what that was about. And and also I'm concerned. I want to know about the dry cleaning on those pants. I want to understand because those pants have the mythical quality of the fact that Jordan still wears his, his UNC pants. I'm surprised that didn't come oh, out in the man. dark. But funny enough, now that you mentioned it, I saw and you know, you'd have to know about this and be very, you know, you'd have to have that eye. Yeah. You'd have to have that PGI. When they were talking about his baseball stint, there was a shot of him in the baseball dugout. Um, or rather in the change rooms and the UNC shorts were there. Did you, yes. did you see it? Yes. 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 I, nice. I saw that. I saw nice. that. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I saw that. But nice. But back, but back to Rodman. And my thing with Rodman is even at practices, he was practicing in those pants, man. What is going on? This is what I'm saying. What's going on? Wash day. I feel like we need a deep dive on those pants. I don't, I don't think there's enough done. And 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 my biggest takeaway, speaking of takeaway, is the is the pizza yeah. story, man. My man Craig fights coming out. This is this is why you love Jordan. Firstly, hasn't laced them up in years. Has got the whole nation. Has got a group of people pissed off. Has got you know. And now. Even the guy who delivered the pizza, Craig Fight, is getting some shine. No doubt. When you want to talk about the, the power of Jordan, that's what I'm saying. It's the point when the pizza guy can come and refute the story that, no, 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 it wasn't five of them. It was two of them. And no, it wasn't poisoned. He made it Because he was a huge Bulls fan. Because that's what he says. He says he was a huge Chicago Bulls fan. Yeah, and he wasn't trusting any of these guys. But I know you've been you've been taking a bit of a shine. I love a good pizza. You've been taking a bit of a shine to some some gourmet stuff. Yeah. How how has that been? Have uh, you have you poisoned yeah, anybody? Look, I ended up poisoning myself <laughs> last week, man. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh um, my goodness. Luckily, it was mild, you know, because uh, you know when you're new to the cuisine game, so. To the listeners, you know, I, during this COVID situation, what I've done is I've tried to acquire a whole bunch of new skills as all of us, you know, reportedly have been doing. Um, and while everyone has been trying to, uh, learn how to bake, uh, banana bread. <laughs> wink, wink, Akeem. Uh, while everyone's been trying to, <laughs> to bake banana bread, uh, you know, I, I, I've, I've decided to teach myself how to cook. I, I, I didn't know how to cook at all. So, um, and I've been doing really well, you know, sharing pictures and everything. I've been, you know, I've been all over the show. Um, but, you know, I was really humbled last week when, uh, you know, I, I didn't know what off food tastes like. And I, uh, I put some stuff in, mm. in the pan that, uh, that I shouldn't have put in the pan. And let's just say the next couple of days were, were a bit, were a bit rough. Were a bit rough. Would you have been able to play? Would you have been able There's to play? You know, <laughs> look, I, okay. So I've had the type of food poisoning that MJ had and no, I would not have been able to play. Yes. I would have given it a shot because, you know, MJ slash Mamba mentality. 
but I don't think I'd be able to drop 38. I would have had, I would have needed to be carried off Maybe. during warm-ups. I would have needed Pippin to, <laughs> to lean on. <laughs> so no. The the epic the epic the epic game and the pizza. Yeah, no. Um look, I think we can we can I know there's a lot more we want to discuss about 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 the last dance. And obviously as tapes are dropping and people are caucuses no are doubt. forming. <laughs> there's gonna be a lot to talk about. So we're gonna come back. We're definitely gonna come back to it. But um, one of the things we spoke about last week, or, or at least when we we're preparing for the show, you wanted me to give the audience quickly my five favorite uh, sports documentaries of all time. I want time. you to, I want to up it a notch. Um, so I want you to give me the top, your top five documentaries, right? But I'd also like you to also give yeah. us a bit of insight on this documentary being the last dance and what your take as the the best director on the continent and top directors in the world. What is your take ah, on on the last dance <laughs> as a production? But let's start off, I guess, with the top five. Yeah. Well, the good thing is the last dance is in Boom. the top five. Okay, so, so start. So start with <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, all right, perfect, perfect, perfect. So, so I'll start at number okay. five quickly. Number five, and this is where you know a documentary is great. I'm half West Indian. My late mom is from Barbados. One of my cousins plays cricket. I'm a total disgrace to my entire family because I couldn't, I couldn't care less about cricket. Like you can miss me with cricket. You can miss me with that. <laughs> you can miss me. My uncles look at me with skew eye. Like you can miss me with cricket. However, there is a brilliant documentary called Fire in Babylon 2010, which is about the record breaking West Indian cricket teams of 1970, of the 1970s and the 1980s, directed by Stephen, uh, St- Stephen, Stephen Riley, KP, that documentary is amazing. It's like, it's, it's so good. It's, it's like, you don't even have to, you don't even have to know anything about cricket. It is amazing. So that's my number five, Fire in Babylon. Brilliant documentary. Gotta check it out. Um, yeah. Number four is The Last Dance, which is what we're talking about now. So The Last Dance is, <laughs> The Last Dance has pushed something out and moved into number four. And I'll tell you what it is about this documentary that I, that I like. And I know everybody's trying to say it's the Jordan show. I actually don't see it like that. I think that in the realm of the storytelling, the age that we're in, what they managed to do in terms of the multiple storylines, peeling back the layers as, po- as, as when and when we dived into people's histories, uh, uh, Scotty Pippen in episode two, Dennis Rodman in episode three, Steve Kerr in episode nine, Phil Jackson. All those, all those storytelling techniques are not easy to do. And the fact for me that Jason and his team were able to weave that narrative, a narrative which we already know the mm. outcome. So even when they end it with the, you know, when there's like, oh, the Pacers are going to be the hardest competition. We know that they win because yeah. we know they win. But it's the, for me, what makes this documentary is the little stories. It's the Rodman stories. It's the, the Steve Kerr. It's the, um, you know, the bodyguard mm. story. The, 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 so for me to be able to weave that timeline so seamlessly and knowing how difficult it is, I think it's a tremendous work. And, and to be able to do that and be entertaining, because everybody, even the people who, against it they all say it was very yeah. entertaining and at the end of the day 
Only one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk more about the last oh, dance, yeah. but we but we got to wrap it up soon. So at number three, OJ made in America. Brilliant. 2016. I don't I know did. if you ever Brilliant. saw it, but like OJ made in America is like it's 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 amazing for those who haven't seen. Directed by uh, Ezra El- 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 Edelman, one of my favorites. OJ made in America at number two. When We Were Kings, 1996 documentary directed by Leon Gast. Muhammad Ali, Zaire, it gets no better than that. That documentary is amazing. I saw that. Brilliant. When We saw Were that. Kings. Yeah. Yeah. And my number one that we close the show off with is Hoop Dreams, 1994, directed by Steve James, following the lives of William Gates and Arthur Ige as they pursue their dream, their hoop dream. And for me, not just because it's basketball, but obviously that helps. And, you know, Isaiah makes an appearance in that movie. Isaiah Thomas. Shout out, Isaiah. Um, <laughs> shout out, Isaiah. Um, and for me, KP, that movie has one of the greatest lines ever. One of the greatest lines. Because and also it's not just a line about basketball because it's a line about life. And it's when the guy says, people say to him, when you get to the NBA, don't forget about me. And he says... If I don't make it, don't you forget about nice. me. And that for me is nice. Life, right? Nice. There you have nice. it. Nice. Okay, man. I know I know you want to wrap it up. I mean, we could go on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> but we'll be back Definitely. next week. So it's, it's all, all good. good. Um, once again, for the smoothness, thank you for your take. Right now, I hear the car coming up. It seems like the groom has arrived. <laughs> I'm renewing my vows. I'll be over I'll, here I'll renewing my, my vows. I'll put on my suit now, by the way. I've, I went to the, I ran, I quickly ran to the bathroom <laughs> and I've changed. I got my suit on. I'm back in line. So you're I'll okay, good. Back you're in okay line. good. So, uh, <laughs> I'll see you in a bit. I'm just going to get ready for the, for MJ, the groom now. And, um, <laughs> you take it All easy. Right, Thanks, bro. man. Peace. What? Once again, it's on.